This is a special release episode in honor of the official kickoff of our Patreon. You can find the rest of our exclusive Patreon content at www.patreon.com slash horrorcatswitchhats13. That's horrorcatswitchhats13 on patreon.com. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and uh, we're we're gonna start going through uh, a couple of series for fun, just short episode by episode kind of things. Uh, this is gonna be our first Patreon exclusive content. Yeah, that. <laughs> but we are gonna release it um, just this episode <laughs> as a teaser um, for free. So if that's how you're hearing this, go sign up for our Patreon. Yeah, it'll be fun. And random, random shit happens. It's great. Oh my god! I should probably learn what our link is so that we can add it appropriately. Yeah, it's probably probably a good idea. I'll Google that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Plan. Uh, I did not get dressed up today for this video. I meant to and got sidetracked and forgot uh like i told you earlier off recording um my hot water has been uh, off for the last this will be the second day um because uh, some part is not working right so our whole building hasn't had hot water and so i haven't had to shower i haven't been able to shower so i feel gross uh you look so gross no, i'm just kidding <laughs> I feel like I do. I'm kidding. But yeah, I could see how you wouldn't feel very good. <laughs> That's my life right now. All right. Um, oh. I'll cut in what our Patreon is because right now it's patreon.com backslash user question mark U equals 9805 <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely going to want to change that. So cool. <laughs> We have a Patreon now. We have a few different tiers with fun offerings starting at $3. All tiers get access to the exclusive content, which includes our American Horror Story Coven series, horror shorts and trailer reactions, ad-free episodes, and all the video recorded episodes starting with Hocus Pocus because we were late to the video recording game. The top tier offers a discount to our merchandise found on Etsy at the store open past midnight, a free Horror Cats Witch Hats mug, and priority invitation to any watch parties or one-shots we plan in the future. It promises to be a wicked good time with content coming out weekly. Uh, again, it's www.patreon.com slash horrorcatswitchhats13. We hope you enjoy this first episode of American Horror Story from Season 3, Coven. And so for our first super cool Patreon content, we are doing American Horror Story, but we're skipping straight to season three, which is Coven, and we're starting with episode one, Bitchcraft. Is this your favorite of all of the American Horror Story so far? Um, let me think. I think I've only seen three seasons to the fullest and I finished most of Freak Show 
Okay. I think it's I'm trying to remember. I think it is. Like I really liked Murder House, but it was also like I need to rewatch Murder House because the first time I watched I, it, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I don't think I appreciated it as much as I could. That's fair. Um, I love Murder House. I have rewatched it a bunch. So I think I was just like trying to figure out what was happening, and it was still like a new show. Um, so for now, of the three full seasons I've seen, it's my favorite. Um, yeah. They have they have twelve fucking seasons. That's outrageous. I think that well, I mean like not outrageous, but that's kind of crazy. It's been going on that it's for a long time. Yeah. Um. So have you seen anything from like Cult or Roanoke? No, um, no, I haven't. Okay. I didn't like Freak Show at all, and so I just kind of stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I freak show I had a hard time with um hotels actually pretty fun so the one after uh that's the first one with Lady Gaga that one's pretty it was pretty fun uh and after that that's when Roanoke is and I I enjoy Roanoke a lot of people really hated it uh it was a different take on it they kind of tried to do like a documentary mockumentary kind of style thing like a Blair's uh, Witch kind of a thing kind of a little bit. It's like they were making a TV show of this. It was like a, it was like a, a ghost story TV show, like my my ghost story kind of deal, where they do like those recaps and stuff, and like the oh, like the flashback kind of things. Yeah, so they kind of make it like that, but then you, it's really interesting. I um, I wanted to see 1989. I think is what it's called, the one that's like a slashers. Horror slasher. Yeah, so it's uh, 19, uh, 1984. 1984. I was thinking of the book, but That's, yeah, 1984. You're right. That is season nine. Uh, season eight is the apocalypse, and that one actually leads back to Coven, so I think you should watch that one. Okay, I'd heard about that one. I didn't realize it was called Apocalypse. Yeah. It's a it's a nuclear nuclear war attack kind of situation that uh, does that and then sorry no you're fine I'm trying to remember all of the seasons and like what they were it's not um, important we're here to talk about Coven it's okay people want to know they yeah. can Google <laughs> that's fair that's true that's all I'm doing and if anyone wants us so to do a different season they can request it yeah that's the exactly. Uh, so, Bitchcraft, which I'm totally going to make t-shirts for, it's going to say, my skills include booze, like, you know how they like a ghost, boo, booze, and bitchcraft. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to do. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I like it a lot. I like it. Uh, this premiered October 2013. Was that a banana? Did I just see a banana out of the corner of my eye? No, it's a, it's a witch candle. Oh, I it's like, it's, like it's a witch finger candle it has like the warts i love it do you, i don't i don't know how fucking old this thing is i stole it from my mom forever ago but like i love it out of the i haven't burnt it because i love it so much out of the corner of my eye, i definitely thought it was a banana <laughs> i was like what are you banana. Doing? that'd be a gross ass tip of a banana it's all black 
<laughs> Sorry, I was playing with that earlier, and I just thought it was great. It had to do with witches, because it's a witch finger. Yeah, it's not uh, stereotyping witches at all. Not, not at all. Not, no, no way. Uh, so yeah, like you were saying, premiered October 2013. Uh, it was created by, of course, Ryan Murphy and I think it's Falcuk? Falchuk? Fal- I think it's Falcuk, but I can't be certain. It's probably Falcock. It's okay. Thanks. That's, that's why you're here, <laughs> to help me. Sorry, I had a hair on my microphone and it was like tickling my lip. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> No, phallic I said phallic cock. Phallic, I like that. We're gonna call him phallic cock. Cool. Are they like the creators of American Horror Story? Right. Ryan Murphy has been a part of it since the beginning. Um, I'm not sure about um Brad, but I know, I know Ryan Murphy's been there since the beginning. This season has 13 episodes in it, which is go figure. Yeah, such a witchy number as we've talked about. So. I assume they did that on purpose. That's actually a lot of episodes. Like I, I, in my head, I've just been so conditioned because of Netflix. I think to assume that any TV show that has like these hour-long ones, there's only like six episodes. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad there's thirteen. Yeah, it's nice. Plus, my lucky number. Love thirteen. I think I had a dream about that the other day. About thirteen. Yeah, and you, and you were like, being, it's the number 13, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. It was probably me bragging about my tattoos, because I have a 13 and a 31 that mirror each other, because those are my favorite numbers, and no, no, okay, well, I tried. I don't know. <laughs> so, getting into the uh, episode, the story kicks off with the, in the year of 1980, or I'm sorry, 1834, uh, they are in New Orleans, and we are introduced to a wealthy homeowner, Madame Delphine LaLaurie. She's played by Kathy Bates, who I fucking love so goddamn much. It's so upsetting that, that that's such an awful human being, because it's such an awesome name. <laughs> it really is. I fucking, I love that name. Um, Especially when it's Kathy- said by someone with, like, a French accent. Like, when um, Madame Laveau says it, I'm like, it sounds so oh, cool. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Kathy Bates is a shit, just saying. She actually kind of reminds me of my mom. I don't know if you see it. but she I totally do, too. She makes me think of your mom. I've, like, always thought that, too. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, for the longest time, I thought Kathy Bates was the name of the character from Misery that she plays. I didn't <laughs> realize that her name was Kathy Bates. Yeah, no. She's beautiful. Uh, so it kicks off right off uh, where you're in Madame Delphine Lalaurie. Madame Delphine Lalaurie. I don't know. I try. I did take French, but it didn't stick very well. <laughs> Can't take uh, the Midwestern out of the girl. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, you see her doing her skin routine, which happens to acclu- include applying fresh blood to her face. And uh, I know, or at least I have seen this in a lot of lore uh, especially if uh, you like really gross things like me but she does this in hopes to uh, restore her youth and look younger because her husband is a pervert and is uh, preferred the company of younger ladies so she's trying to keep his attention um, I, th- I think besides Madame Daphine Lalaurie 
the other most famous story people might know is um like Elizabeth bloody Bathory. it's battery oh. <sighs> say right. it like an english person gosh <laughs> um the bloody mary essentially is yeah i guess kind of what that turned into but yeah elizabeth battery because she used to bathe in the maiden's blood yeah she would bleed and she would bathe in virgin's blood virgin girl's blood she would blade um, them too you're right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it was shears uh she, she was if a you've mess. ever if you've ever seen the uh the movie stay alive which we should fucking do because that movie's dumb fun um is that the one with the deaf guy no it no, has frankie and it's the video game that if you die in the video game oh, you die in real life. we watched that together okay that's the one with like the the plants the flower thorns yeah the thorn or okay. the, the the roses and the shears uh yeah okay has frankie muniz <laughs> yeah we should watch that because it's fucking hilarious i love that movie um and i will never have shame for loving that movie but back to the the, the episode but what does that movie have to do with? Is it does it have battery in it? it, it yeah, it's all a, the, the whole game and game preference of that that movie that you're playing. It um it is all basically based off of Elizabeth Battery and like her um her home and finding all of her and, gotcha. a, and a, a running running away from her basically. I think I've only seen it once and it was with you in your basement. So I like don't all I remember is that Thorn scene. That's literally all I remember. That's okay. It's fucking great. But cool, we'll add it to the list. Um, so even in 1834, uh, they understood the importance of self-care, which is why she was doing that. See, I don't have to apply blood to my cheeks. It just, it's always there. That's why I look so... You have the, you've got the rosiest cheeks ever. <laughs> That's why I always look so youthful. Exactly. I'm clearly still 19, can't you tell? <laughs> um, just ignore the bags under my eyes. Yeah, for real. It's... I think all of us have that when you hit a certain age and career and you just can't do anything anymore without being tired. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, but you may be wondering why instead of blaming her husband for being an adulterous, icky husband and probably a rapist, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, she got jealous of younger women and blamed herself for not like being good enough uh, because that's what we do as women. Uh I think if you think about the time she was in, it makes a lot of sense. Women could not. This was before, like, the suffrage movement and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they couldn't own property. So she left him. She, it was all about looks to get the rich man. Yep. She wouldn't be able to do anything. She would have been shamed for getting a divorce. and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so that's yeah. why she put up with it. But I guess she didn't really put up with it. I'm surprised she didn't murder the women he was sleeping with and bathe in their blood, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe they were, like, considered more like... They were probably... They were probably servants that were just chilling um, that he manipulated and power stanced into it. Um, more than likely. But it would have... <laughs> they were probably still people that would have been noticeable. They weren't the invisible people. But anyways... um. So to kick this off, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of New Orleans because that plays a big part in this show. Uh, so each episode, we'll just smatter in different topics um, and we're not going to shove it all down your throat in this one episode because Lord knows we'd be here all day. So uh, 
yeah, we're going to start with some New Orleans history so that we can better understand the icky darkness that is the past of the United States. Uh, and like most every place, there is a heavy history of racial and class strife because we as humans are awful. Um, coupled with natural disasters like fires and hurricanes. Although fires, I guess, aren't a natural disaster depending on how it starts. But yeah, I was gonna say like if if, light, if lightning strikes, it's definitely a natural disaster that causes like a wildfire. But like if it's, I'm I clumping mean, it in there for now. So <laughs> fair, I agree. Uh, so I'm about to dive in, baby girl. Hold your breath. Don't do that. We'll be here for a minute. Okay. Uh, so New Orleans is a special city in the United States. It's in Louisiana, as if you're watching this, you can see on the map. It's on the southeast watery part of the United States, but it has its it has a very unique culture compared to like the rest of the U.S., which is why it's such a legit place. Uh, regardless of the horror that is its history and everywhere. New Orleans has a super, is known for like a lot of really cool stuff, um, like steamboats and the birth of jazz music. Um, It's just, I don't know, it's so cool. And like I said, it's a very unique place to go. It's very artsy. They have like a really, one of the most well-known art schools in the state, in the country. Um, I've never gotten to go. I've always wanted to go. And I'm super jealous that both you and our parents have gone within like the last two years it's uh it's really cool i i wouldn't want to live there by any means um but it's fun to like visit visit and then leave (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of what i hear it's definitely kind of like it is in the movies where it's a party place um yeah so but i might just not be experiencing it right so if you live there tell me if i'm wrong um but for now i'm going to focus on it's foundings through the 1800s so like all of america it started out being forcibly taken from the indigenous people by france in 1718 excuse me um and the current city layout i say current but like the first kind of layout of this city uh, dates back to 1722 following a surprise surprise hurricane french colonizers began importing africans into louisiana in 1719 and the enslaved population continued to grow throughout the colonial period. As settlers were mostly male, but that didn't lead to a thriving and growing colony, as you can imagine. So right. during the French colonial period, which is where we start getting those cool houses like um, that are in the French Quarter. Oh, those are my favorite. They look so fucking cool. Wow. I love it. I love it. I've got pictures, I think, later. But... Um, I lost my place. Sorry. Okay. Shipping (laughs) companies began to try to collect women from France to bring over specifically to like wed these men so that they could start producing and like really make it a family place and grow the colony and make it bigger. Uh, However, their first attempts didn't really go well. Uh, The first group arrived aboard the ship Le Pelican in July of 1704. And by September, most had found husbands. But um, again, 
they were being I think at the very beginning they were being very selective about who they sent but it still wasn't it's not like upper class women who are willing to leave their homes by themselves right it's unwed typically middle or lower class women that are just like I've got nothing else to live for send me over there um and because the men that are there are like oh well I need a you know you needed you wanted a woman who was classy who had birthing hips and could help around the home and knew how to run a maid or help around the house and stuff like that so some of them I don't think were deemed adequate wives Uh, so that's why they weren't marrying them even though I'm sure these men were nothing to you know yeah write home about uh so the company made numerous attempts to help populate Louisiana uh by bringing these women over um Some reports say that the women they were bringing over were criminals and prostitutes. Um, But then in other places, it says that they weren't criminals and prostitutes until they got to Louisiana. Uh, But and because the living was so horrible for them, they had to resort to becoming a criminal or a prostitute in order just to survive. Um, I saw one report that said of like the first group that went of the like 800 in that first trial they were doing only one of them was a legitimate prostitute from France um and then the other question is were they actually criminals and prostitutes or is it just like something they got labeled because of the time like one woman talked back to somebody and they were like criminal um, yeah for real. and one woman just like accidentally showed some shoulder and they were like prostitute so who knows who knows? They were wilding out back then. Yeah. In general, this experiment failed for a long time. Uh, because, like I said, the men were expecting a lot from these women that were probably not raised to be that, do what they wanted. So, And it's not like the men, I'm sure, as I said, were super great. Uh, So in the next attempt, they brought groups of modest young French women called the Casket Girls, is what they've been uh, called throughout history. Um, Or if I spoke any French, I would say this nicely, Fies à la cassette. Wait, Fies à la cassette. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Nasally? That's what my teacher said. (laughs) So I think being called the Casket Girls sounds totally fucking metal and then goth and i'm also gonna put that on a t-shirt um because it just sounds so legit but yeah it's really not as cool as it sounds (laughs) so they were called this because back then caskets is just what they called like basically jewelry boxes or like makeup what we would now call like a toiletry bag (laughs) like a makeup box that they kept their stuff in um which is all they brought with them were like these tiny boxes and so they were just called caskets back then. And it wasn't used as a term to refer to like a burial box until the 1900s. Oh, interesting. That's good to know. Um, so like nowadays we're like, wow, that means something really bad for them. I thought that meant that they were either traveling in caskets or that they just immediately died. <laughs> that's what I thought. But no, that's not it. Uh, <coughs> oh, Sorry. Uh, but it turns out that these like modest, hi- more like higher class, I guess, f- young ladies turned out to be most marryable and 
made everyone happy. Uh, oh my gosh. So in 1728, uh, shortly after the casket girls showed up, the Ursuline nuns landed in New Orleans and they ended up opening a convent and a school. Uh, and they housed a lot of women around Louisiana. So any of the women that weren't married yet displaced women and children um, from like skirmishes and fires and stuff that was happening, massacres outside of the city, all the 1800 shit. Uh, They were housing them. And they actually, to this day, are considered the longest continuously operating school for women in the United States. But they took... Yeah, they took and in-housed the casket girls until they got married. Hmm. Lovely. Um, So because, as I said, there's a little bit of confusion in history about what casket might mean. There is like this myth surrounding casket girls that's been perpetuated by TV. Um, In the Vampire Diaries spinoff, The Originals, they actually do flashbacks to the casket girls. Um, There's a myth that they were vampires. I didn't know that was a Vampire Diaries spinoff. I didn't know until I... I knew that the Originals was a spinoff, but I didn't know that it talked about this. I didn't watch it. I didn't know it talked about this. I Googled it. When I was trying to find pictures of Casket Girl, like the Casket Girl drawings, it kept popping up with scenes from the TV show. And I was like, this isn't what I want. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Um, But yeah, so uh, one myth is that they were vampires because they were super pale and the standard person in Louisiana was kind of a Spanish, black, French mix. So they had some color and indigenous persons. So they were like darker, but these women were super pale when they got off the boat. Um, plus, they'd been in a boat for months and months. Um, yeah, I was going to say, at least they're not green because I would probably be green coming off a boat like for that long. So I would uh, be so miserable. But yeah. yeah uh There's a myth that was described by Ghost City Tours on their website um, that says the local men in the Vauquer gravely disrespected the women. Uh, Some were placed into unwanted marriages. Could see that happening. Sorry, hitting my microphone. Um, (laughs) A lot of them were mistreated by their husbands, which I'm sure is standard for the time, unfortunately. Others found themselves alone and unwed. And like I said, probably turned to prostitution just to survive. Um, this is what their their story is, right? Like I said, some of them were taken into the convent. Those who wanted to be, they were taken up there where they could, you know, live and f- eat and be safe. But, um, right. yeah. Uh, so eventually the French king demanded the girls return to France. I don't think that's true. Um, the girls' stuff was collected by the nuns of the Ursuline convent and stored on their third floor which they sealed up and it was not opened and it was sealed before that it was just like an unused third floor is what their story says and so they put their little boxes caskets up there closed it back off Um, and then when they went back up there one day all of the caskets were open and completely empty and so they thought something had come out of them because stories started to spread that these women were you know, vampires or had brought a vampire in pieces that put itself together. I'm not really sure. Frankenstein, who knows? So then they sealed the third floor back up again using nails and 
uh, boards and stuff that had been blessed by the Pope himself. Because they, they wanted to keep whatever was in there stuck in there. Fair. Um, and then that's pretty much when the rumors of them being vampires like really kicked off. Uh, in 1978, two paranormal investigators camped outside the convent after being kicked off the grounds for a night and supposedly filmed the sealed up third floor windows, even though they were shut with the Pope's nails or whatever the hell, um, like slamming and opening and closing. And then all of a sudden their filming equipment just goes black and they were found dead, drained of blood the next day. Delightful. Yeah. So that's just like the, the tour, the ghost city tour myth. Um, I don't think any of that happened. Most of them, like I said, were wet off. Uh, yeah. But if you do go to Louisiana, they have tons of haunted tours in the evening. Um, and like there, we'll talk more about cemeteries and stuff in another episode. It's definitely worth doing. I did one. It was awesome. I want you so bad. I'm sure I'll talk about it. I try and do, every time I go somewhere, I try and do a haunted tour. Uh, cause I think it's just it's- a they're cool i one it's fun two there even though most of it's bullshit there is you learn history in it in such a fun way it's like a great introductory plus it's you meet fun people um but you do like a walking tour and you get like a nice layout of the area you're in um so it's fun i like doing it uh but yeah, so in the early 1760s, the land was ceded to Spain in treaties with France because they were fighting other people and they just, it made it easier for them. So it was Spanish territory for a minute. There were fires in 1788 and 1794, so they had to rebuild and that's when they rebuilt the, uh, with brick. And then there's that big, there's a big famous cathedral in downtown New Orleans that still stands to the, to this day. Um, and I think they're the ones who have the cemetery that Marie Laveau is uh, oh, cool. buried in. Yeah, you have yeah. to do a tour to see it because so many people vandalized it. So now they keep I it guess. gated off. Sad. Um, and each, yeah. Right. That's why people can't have nice things. It's just some idiots out there. Even in death, you can't have nice things. <laughs> I know. That's where rest and peace comes in, people. Um, In 1803, Louisiana reverted back to the French, who sold it to the United States 20 days later in the Louisiana Purchase. This was followed by the War of 1812, during which the United States, which had become a nation like 30 years prior to that, um, went to war against Great Britain again, who were already waging a war against France. So it was just like a threesome that nobody wanted. The final battle of 1812 was fought in New Orleans, during which it's the final battle, but the treaty had already been signed like a month prior. They just, you know, they didn't have text messaging or email. It got there. They didn't find out. (laughs) Yeah, it it took a minute, Um, but it's considered the final battle. Uh, Colonel Andrew Jackson led a coalition of pirates, formerly enslaved African-Americans and volunteers from Tennessee to fight some British force outside the city. Nice. I think it's fucking awesome that pirates were there. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Pirates are fucking badass, man. They are. I wish there was more haunted ship movies. Yeah. I feel like it's not something that gets done a lot. It's probably just because there's only so many things you can do, right? But <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be cool. Uh, it's 
port, sorry, the New Orleans port was massive and that's where all their money and income came from. They shipped to the Caribbean, South America, and Europe. And although there was a free black community that was allowed, you know, they owned homes, they owned businesses, they were part of the community. Um, They weren't equals by any means, but they were there. Like Marie Laveau, she was a free black woman. Mm-hmm. kind of I think she was mixed but that doesn't matter um, but this was still like peak slavery time <laughs> and yeah. thousands of enslaved people were sold in the markets of New Orleans it was a big place for buying and selling slaves and uh, yeah but on top of that not on top of that aside from that trade made it a hot spot for pirates as well because all the boats were coming in and out of their port makes sense uh, there's a lot of famous pirates that i think we'll touch on in another episode even though they don't go into that at all i'll find a way to snip it in there until 1830 the majority of its residents still spoke french today many speak french still but it's kind of their own dialect uh mm-hmm. thus i think it's called like creole french um and so Creole is a mixture of Native American, French, West African, and Spanish cultures and people. That's part of what makes New Orleans so unique. They created a awesome society, essentially. You can see a lot of it in the movie, the Disney movie, The Princess and the Frog. It introduces you into some of that Creole culture, um, even though that was like after 1830s. <laughs> but yeah. yeah that's in there um uh yeah it's still considered a francophile area um they have delicious food that's inspired by uh the african spanish and french it's so rich but it's so delicious Uh, today, New Orleans is split into districts, and I have a map I'll show you later because I'll bring it up again. There's The big ones are the French Quarter, which is where Marie Laveau lives, the Garden District, which is where the House of the Coven... <laughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> <coughs> Ooh, sorry. I have a tickle in my throat, and it's not going away, and I don't have anything to drink, so you just have to put up with it. Um, oh, no. The Garden District, where the house that the coven lives in is in later, and that's like mansions and fancy houses. And then there's the Business District, which is lame. We're not going to talk about it. So the French Quarter is one of the most seen in films and TV. It's where Bourbon Street is. The Mardi Gras happens there. It's tons of drinking. If you've seen any criminal show, it's probably been on there because it's a hotbed of sexual assault. Uh, But yeah. And... Ramosen. The mid-1800s, it is believed that the highest concentration of millionaires in America could be found in between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, which is the capital of Louisiana. One may assume that it is because of all the trade they had going on, but it's actually because of their sugarcane plantations, which, of course, depended on the labor of thousands of enslaved African Americans, unfortunately. In the 1850s alone, Louisiana plantations produced an estimated 450 million pounds of sugar per year, worth more than $20 million annually. Sugar and cotton would be sent downriver because they are at the Mississippi River's right there. So it would go from the river to the port, basically. Um, And that's where they were able to make so much money. 
and do, do, do. I'm going to skip it a little bit because I put a lot in here that I don't actually think is relevant now that I'm talking. So they have the super neat townhouses of the French Quarter, which um, is like this ironwork on the, it's just, it's so cool. So cool. Um, but at the heart of it, there was still tons of slavery happening. And that lasted pretty much through 1861. Uh, they were the hot, the hottest spot to uh, do slave trade. Yeah. According to NewOrleans.com, in 1840, New Orleans ranked as the third largest city in the nation, was the largest in the South, and the fourth busiest port in the world. It had a population of 102,000, of whom 58% were white, 23% were enslaved African Americans, and 19% were free people of color. I, you can't really bank on those numbers for the um, enslaved African Americans because mm-hmm. who knows how many, what was actually happening. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, in most places, like to run a plantation, right? The, the slaves outnumbered the family living oh, there. By, so, by far. Yeah. By far. Um, but over time, free people of color formed communities built on multi-generational freedom with strong ties to family and place, which is where a lot of the culture comes from. By 1860, New Orleans had the largest free black population in the Deep South. But again, I, I stress that it was not an equal opportunity type situation. Uh, no. Most free people of color were French speaking. Many owned property. Uh, free men and women of color were skilled artisan, entrepreneurs, teachers, poets, and activists during the Civil War and Reconstruction. And for those of you who don't know, Reconstruction is just what we call the time period after the Civil War, where we were rebuilding our nation. Um, But regardless of where we are in time, every mother needs her me time, which takes us back to Marie Laveau's me time, where she's doing her nice little skin routine. And just like every other mother's me time, it will undoubtedly be interrupted by a child's shenanigans. Yes, every mom knows. I am only a uh, mom for animals, and I love it. It still counts. You can't go pee without somebody scratching at your door. (laughs) No, no, no. no. That doesn't hang out. And then you put put your lotion on, and they immediately want to lick it right off. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Or Fred just wants to headbutt you and put his hair all up in your face. It's lovely. That's what Kitty does, too. Uh, So it turns out one of Marie Laveau's, not Marie Laveau, I'm sorry, (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about her a lot. Uh, it turns out one of uh, Madame Delphine's daughters was caught doing the dirty with a black house slave, which is absolutely 100% not acceptable to the uh, the racist monster that Delphine was. So in order to protect her daughter's image and uh, marriage ability, she tells that everybody that, uh, the, that the man forced himself upon her and... and um, she her daughter was innocent in, in, in reality she was not yes so as katie said that's 100 percent a death sentence for any mm-hmm. any man of color um this poor man was certainly innocent because you can hear his rebuttals as he's being dragged out of the room saying i said no i have a lady i don't it wasn't me i wasn't even yeah. there it wasn't me see me on the counter wasn't me well- God, I love Shaggy. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I think stories like um, 
I don't think stories like this were common throughout history and are still common today as black men are often stereotyped for crimes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back then, even if it had been consensual, he would have been found guilty and either punished and tortured or just murdered or all of the above. So there was, it was a lose, 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 lose situation for him, unfortunately. And, um, Another quick sidetrack we're going to go on, uh, just to emphasize the awfulness that is America and slavery. Um, we're going to talk a lot about race with this season. Not so heavy as what I'm about to talk about, um, because it is a common theme. So just accept it. Um, so there's a TV show called Lovecraft Country that mm-hmm. is, it's really good if you want to watch it. It's based off the uh, Lovecraft Cthulhu kind of stories a little bit but it's it's set in yeah thank you HP Lovecraft but it's set in the United States kind of it's very weird but it's awesome it's super good um so in the it's set in the 40s and 50s which is a century after Delphine which (coughs) sorry it also covers a lot of the ugliness of racism and the double standards associated with bringing a quote-unquote free um, a black person in America. It is also one of the few shows I can think of that is told strictly from the black per- person's perspective, which I think is so rare and great. It's not the only one by any means, but it's it's one of them, right? It's rare mm-hmm. regardless. Um, however, to kind of get back into this awful story they do cover the horrifically true and incredibly heart-wrenching moment of emmett till's funeral so emmett till was born and lived in chicago illinois during the summer of 1955 he was 14 years old and he was sent to money mississippi to visit family for the summer it was during this trip that the unbelievably monstrous acts of three white people would lead to his uh, just like, I don't know, so heart-wrenching and ugly and horrific death. Um, but it would also kick off the civil rights movement in the United, the big civil rights movement in the United States. To set the scene super quick, this was during the beginning of the end of the Jim Crow era, which was where like white people in the South were still segregating black people from white people. Um, so they were saying like, this is my drinking fountain. You have to drink over there. White people go to this school. Black people go to that school. There was a mm-hmm. Supreme Court case that happened where they said you cannot separate them from schools. They were coming back together. That's what I mean by like the beginning of the end of the Jim Crow. Yeah. Um. So black people were starting to get more, quote, rights, which included that they couldn't segregate schools by race, like I said. Um. So the South was feeling really attacked and victimized. Who here has felt victimized by Regina George? And the South was like, (laughs) me. Doesn't even go here. (laughs) Uh, That's what they were like to all the North people, all the people in the North that were like, why are you like, just treat them equally. And they were like, you don't even go here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I do have another Mean Girls gift. That's the, that's the relationship. Uh, regardless mm-hmm. of what actually happened oh i'm sorry i skipped a line so on august 24th 1955 emmett and some friends went to the store after a day of helping their family work in the fields and this is where the 
history gets a little bit hazy. Um, no one is... F- I can't find a space where they say, this is exactly what happened. It, it's always, this person says, this person says, this person says, right? And everyone's right. stories are different. Um, but I think we can pretty much put together what happened. So uh, either way, it's super unfortunate we don't know what actually happened because it's a huge catalyst for something in America, in like an American history. Um, but knowing the story doesn't make it any less horrific what happened. Um, but yeah, so basically Emmett dared to speak to a white female cashier at the store And depending on whose story you believe, he was either just talking to her normally, like asking to buy a candy bar or something, Mm -hmm. um, or he flirted with her and touched her hand or whistled at her while she walked by based on a dare that her friends, his friends gave him. Um, Like I said, there's no, no straight story, but something happened or he just talked to her or he even just like looked at her. Who knows? Uh, But he was black, she was white, she didn't like it. Uh, She went home and told her husband about it. And three days later, on the morning of August 28th, the cashier's husband and half-brother kidnapped Emmett from his home, tortured and mutilated him, then fatally shot him before dumping him in the Tallahatchie River attached to a big, heavy thing by barbed wire. The two were apprehended in, in September of 1955. They were fully acquitted of all charges by the all-white, all-male jury, which took less than an hour to deliberate. Even though the world knew they were guilty, they said, you know what? You okay. Go home. It's fine. Scrub it off. Um, the two were released and ended up sharing their version of events on all the news outlets and they deemed themselves the true victims of this whole thing. So the body of Emmett Till was recovered and shipped to his mother in Chicago, where she made a statement by leaving his casket open for all to see. Um, I did not detail everything that happened. If you're watching the video, I did include a news clip. Um, so that shows his face at the funeral. Um, he was beaten severely before he got shot. They tortured him. He was unrecognizable. Um, and then his mother left the casket open in Chicago in the heat of the summer uh, f- for everyone. Tons of people like marched by um, to pay respects. She wanted to show how horrific it was. Uh, and his body, you know, was in the heat, so it didn't smell great. Um But anyways, thousands of people visited and were sickened by the brutality he had endured, as they should be. Images of his corpse appeared in magazines and newspapers. These events sparked protests and activists, which would really get a foothold, thus launching the civil, not the civil war, the civil rights movement. I'm sorry, my brain just died. Because I'm just like, ugh, this story. Okay. Later that year, Rosa Parks made her historic stand on the bus in December 1955, and Emmett Till's original casket is now in the Smithsonian following some odd and unfortunate events, which basically it turned out that his casket had been, he had been dug up um, for some FBI related thing, uh, and it was supposed to get put into a different spot, but they ended up finding it 
in like the storage room of some crematorium. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but now it's in the Smithsonian. Um, and yeah, so this is all to say that this season does cover the topic of race, of which America has a horrendous history of, and the events in these TV shows like Lovecraft Country, it's covered in Riverdale. This in one of the the last season of Riverdale um, talks mm-hmm. about Emmett Till. Uh, American Horror Story, of course, covers race. They aren't just put in there for shock and awe, uh, and to like make people think, "Oh, how awful! Good thing that's not happening in real life." But s- because it's such good horror, it plays on fear that's true and is based on true events and reality. So. That's that. All right. Now back to American Horror Story. <laughs> now back to more mutilation and torture. <laughs> yeah. So the first 10 minutes of this show are pretty fucking brutal. Uh, Madame Delphine takes the innocent man to part of the house. I believe it's the attic. And that's where she keeps all of the the people, her slaves, that she has tortured and experimented on, which includes a man. I'm sorry if you can hear Vax whining. He's being needy right now. Um, but it includes a man whose uh, lips and eyes have been sewn shut and another whose face was skinned off, but they were still alive, which I cannot believe. It is that's... really hard to, like, see it. <laughs> so she has the man chained up uh and gets a freshly skin, uh, like skinned bullhead from, I assume, her farm. I have no idea where she gets this bullhead, but she gets it, and she puts it over his head, basically like a huge mask to mimic a minotaur from Greek mythology, because she says it was her favorite, uh, mythical mythological creature. Oh yeah, cause she was like, my daddy used to read me stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then she's like, "I have my own Minotaur now," and I'm like, "That's disgusting." And but this okay, poor man. I can't imagine the smell inside of it. Ugh. Oh yeah, It'd be horrible. Uh, but yeah, and then it just jumps to the opening credits. So it's like a super heavy five or ten minute opening. I can't remember. Um, but it really sets the tone for the season. <laughs> uh, it does. But you do only get one first impression, and they really went hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll go through the opening credits in a later episode because it's one of those ones that's like kind of long. So we'll talk about that another time. So jump to present day New Orleans. There is a young lady that uh, is get she's on a fucking mission, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> she's on a mission. She's about to get frisky for the first time with her boyfriend. Her mom doesn't come home to sick. She was she's like ready for it. Your mission, should you choose to accept, is to get up in this. Yeah, and he was like, I accept. <laughs> really funny. He makes a comment where he's like, I always hate being somebody's first. And everybody else I've ever talked to is like, I love taking people's virginity. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So some people have hobbies. I guess this wasn't his. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> uh, pretty quickly into the act, his nose starts bleeding. And then he has this huge seizure. Blood's coming out from all of the holes in his head. Um. And the doctors said that he died of a brain aneurysm. That's not exactly the explosive ending that you hope for uh, when you're doing dirty things. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, it's definitely that's definitely not something you want. Um, she was like, I don't, I don't think this is right. <laughs> you did that wrong. You're straining too <laughs> you hard. You did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to go that hard. <laughs> Uh, but the show begins to be narrated by Zoe, who this young girl is, who has just found out she is a witch. Like, what a fucking time to find out. Um, she did a descendant from a family of Salem witches. The real witches were never targeted during the Salem witch trials, or so this show says. Blames. Um, and escaped to New Orleans, where some established a boarding school called Miss Rabish's Academy for Exceptional Young Ladies where she will now be taken because her mom was like, I ain't going to deal with you. Go to the boarding school. <laughs> go, just go. Uh, I mean, I could get that if it was um, like a really dangerous power, like uh, rogue. I mean, that is pretty or... dangerous. It is basically like rogue. She's a black widow in case it, in, in, in No, but in like rogue, swords. she just has to barely touch someone. Right. And she yeah, sucks their life true. out. Um, if yeah. she was a fire starter, like something she literally couldn't control, but all she has to not do is fuck her family and they're fine, right? Like it's a very specific power. And I get that they like grow, but the mother doesn't know that. So for her to just immediately be like, yeah, I'm shipping you off was a little weird for me, but she was afraid of her. Um, the I'm magic- sure the school had touch with them because they're trying to get them back and, and get like a of actual coven going so i'm sure i'm sure they reached out to the family that's true they were keeping track of the news and they yeah yeah you're right okay you fixed it plot hole corrected that's what this is all they were probably like listen no one can provide for her she's only going to get stronger we can help her yeah you're right okay that makes sense um but the fact she didn't even go look at the school like these people could have been crazy anyways who am i to judge i guess Um, but as previously stated, and if you're looking at the screen, you can see that New Orleans is split into these districts. Uh, so Madame Delphine Lallery is over here. The school is over here. Oops. And it, the outside shots of the school are from a legitimate home on site in the garden district. The inside, a lot of the inside stuff is shot in a, um, soundstage. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. I skipped a lot. Okay. She. <laughs> I wrote out a lot of detail that now I'm like I don't really need to say any of that. It's covered. Got it. Okay. I'm. S- this is you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. Pumped. It's okay. Pumped. Listen, I am a TV binger, and the fact that I can only watch one fucking episode at a time is gnawing at me. So I need to record this so that we can move on and do the next episode. <laughs> okay. So she, Zoe enters this huge elaborate house, which Izzy has been to, and I'm super jealous. Well, I've been outside of at least. Um, and she is greeted by uh, not one, but in, but like she's not greeted by anybody when she gets in there. But instead, she's spooked by all these pe- they, by these girls in black cloaks and crow masks and uh, well, not crow masks. They're actually plague doctor masks from uh, from Europe, I think. I have uh, one, two, three, 
I have three masks uh, uh, hanging on my wall. Oh, and four. I have four <laughs> um, uh, plague doctor masks in my uh, on my mask wall that I will but that will post a picture of because why not? Uh, if I could show you in this video picture, I would, but I'm not lifting my desktop up. <laughs> so, um, these plague doctor girl. Co uh, cloaked people um, pretend to sacrifice her to the to the O Dark Lord, and there's a big motion of fire and movement and magic, and they all get off her and just say it's a joke. But she was blindfolded the whole time, so it's weird that they did like all the cool magic stuff, but she was blindfolded. Right? Yeah, they put a fucking bag over her head. Yeah. So uh, like, they look did at take our it witchiness, off but you can't see well it. <laughs> They did take it off when they laid her on the table, and that's when they were on top of her and about to sacrifice her. So she okay. could, she did see it. See it. Got it. See, this is why you're doing the retelling because I don't remember the details. That's okay. I got gotcha. you. I, I I've rewatched this episode or this season a lot. Um, so people pretending to sacrifice her are the other members of the uh in the house, which include Madison Montgomery, who is played by Emma Roberts. I almost said Emma Watson, <laughs> by Emma Roberts. Roberts. She's a tele telekinetic movie star who thinks she is the queen bee. She uh, she gets bored really fast, loves torturing people to make herself feel better. She is uh, Regina George in sorts. Pretty much. She's like, if Regina George was telekinetic. Sorry, Vax is fucking amped. He wants to play really bad. He keeps whining at me. Instead of barking, Vax whines to get my attention. <laughs> That's because you and, respond uh, to it. It's conditioned now. <laughs> he knows. Uh, so one of uh, Madison's victims includes the house butler who is um, who's Spalding, and he doesn't have a tongue, and you find out why later. Then there's Nan. She's clairvoyant. She's uh, she's in the first season. Um, she's uh, she's. What is her name in the Addie? She's Addie in the first season, um, and she's cute as a button, and she does wonderful acting. Then there's Queenie, who is the human voodoo doll, which is super interesting. I that that power I thought was really cool, to be honest. I wonder how she figured out that she could do that. I don't know. I know, like, the beginning of her backstory, she gets yelled at by her manager and sticks her hand in the fucking in in the the fry oil frying oil and burns his hand or something anyways then there's cordelia fox who is the headmistress uh and the positions ma uh like master she's basically or potions master i'm sorry that that's 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 not there's an s in there that shouldn't be in there You're right. uh <laughs> but she is the potions master kind of like snape and she is a huge uh, our our feature actor for this episode, who is Sarah Polson. She's been in pretty much every season of American Horror Story up until I think Cult. I think. So each episode, anyways. Sorry, each episode we'll pick one person to kind of dive into a little bit, and this one is Sarah mm -hmm. Polson, like Katie said. So Sarah Catherine Paulson was born in Tampa, Florida on December 17th, 1974. Happy almost birthday. Uh, she started on TV, segued into Broadway, which... Never mind. Uh, then returned to the screen. 
I think American Horror Story is really what put her like on the map for a lot of people. Um, and since then she kind of like blew up because she hit a broader audience and people loved her. She's great. She has been in at least nine seasons for which uh, she was nominated for five primetime Emmys. She has also starred in the TV show Ratchet following the story which of... Which is fucking amazing. Is it Just good? Saying. I want to cover that one. So fucking good. So. I want it. I want it second. I'm dying for the second season and it hasn't come out yet and it's... It's been a long time. Oh, maybe when we do cut after we do Coven, we'll just jump into Ratchet. There you go. Um, but she follows a younger version of Nurse Mildred Ratchet, the villain of the novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the movie Bird Box. She had a small part, Glass, Oceans 8, and a bunch of others. In interviews, Paulson has said that this isn't her favorite season that she did because she believes that the character development and story wasn't necessarily as on point as some of the other seasons. But when asked by Variety which character she would like to revisit, she stated Cordelia Fox. So I think that was obviously before they did the second season, carry on, whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, I think, I, I mean, I like that statement because she doesn't feel like the story got completed and instead of just abandoning it and calling it like, uh, it was, it didn't go well. Um, she was like, we can fix it, and I am willing to do so. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. She wanted to see it through. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I get the character development part, I guess, but I feel like I really like the story. <laughs> so yeah, I like this season a lot. But I am a nerd for witches, so... I'm biased. So, according to Cordelia, the school was built as a premier finishing school in uh, 1790 and was converted into a converted into a hospital during the Civil War. Then, in 1868, Mary Ann Wharton, who was a witch and reigning supreme at the time, and you'll understand what that means later on, uh, she bought the school and has kept the name as a cover for the uh, like for boarding waywitch. My God, for boarding wayward witches. That's really hard to say with so many fucking W's. <laughs> wayward witches, uh, wayward witches, wayward witches. There you go. Well, see, okay. Dyslexia is a bitch. Too many W's in a row just doesn't work out Here, for me. I'll, I'll make it. Does that help? Uh, um, no, because I'm, I'm seeing it through something else in order to have this screen playing. So it's cool. Oh, okay. I just changed it. What from, did you do? I changed it from boarding to welcoming, so there was more W's. <laughs> oh God, welcoming wayward, welcoming wayward witches. There you go. Um, the house originally could uh, house about sixty girls. They had about sixty girls li- girls living there back in the day, but um, it's become more and more depleted. Very rare to find these witches nowadays because a lot of the, according to her, a lot of the people that did know they had witch genes decided not to procreate. Because they were getting hunted and murdered. Um, yeah, that. Imagine trying to corral 60 girls with these powers. Fuck no. Like, the show just has five in it, and you're like, too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you would think, Cordelia... I mean, as you would think she would be, but she is not. Cordelia is not the current reigning supreme. She acts as a teacher and a house mother to the witches, warning them of the dangers of being caught and kind of teaching them how to control their powers and all that kind of fun stuff. It's like 
a mini Hogwarts um, with only girls. Just. And less studies. <laughs> so. Oh, did, did you want to add something? Nope, you got it. No. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Uh, Cordelia. Not Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia. Okay. So Cordelia's mother is the current Supreme, Fiona Good. Uh, she is rich and entitled and has become obsessed with chasing youth and does not care who or what it costs. She's after it. Yeah, she was so, throwing money at it. She was throwing bodies at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cocaine. Much, yeah. Much like uh, Madame Delphine from the beginning. It's, it, you know, she's a youth chaser. Uh, Cordelia clearly doesn't like her mom and her whole like existence and doesn't love the power that she has or the uh, legacy it has it's come with um, I which I can't blame her for Cordelia is one of the people I think who chose not to procreate because she was like I don't like being magical I think it's a burden I wouldn't want to put this on anybody else plus she had an awful childhood apparently yeah so. um, but she does Basically, oh, you got this. sorry, because I, I think I had put it in here and then I deleted it because I was rearranging stuff. But pretty much she talks about how Fiona would just like ditch her and abandon her and go travel the world and party and stuff. Um, so she just like didn't have a life. Um, I think she grew up in that house, too. Yes. Yeah, she I, I believe and so. Her mother's done nothing but be like, you need to be the next Supreme. When are you going to power up? <laughs> uh. Claudia is basic. She's she's a lot of uh, uh, herbologist. Cordelia. Did I say did, what did I say? Claudia. Did I say Claudia? Fuck. Cordelia. Sorry, a lot of C's names. Uh, she again. She's like a, a herbologist. She's got a huge greenhouse. She does a lot of um, home remedies and stuff like that. It's it's her. It's really cool. Her power because everyone starts out with like one or two basic powers and then you can level up essentially her original power is really unclear in this first episode um that's why i put potionist or potion master or something because that's all you see in this episode but it does you see more of it later um but yeah it's it's weird because then you're like at this point because then you're like, sorry, is she actually just really good at potions? Or has she just studied a lot and become good at it because she's passionate about herbs? You know? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe. So we've said it a bunch. And I'm sure you're asking if you haven't seen this. What the fuck is a supreme? A dancing lady. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so in this version of... Uh, of witches each witch is born with one or two special abilities and the supreme is a witch who has mastered all seven abilities all the the main seven abilities that they uh, touch on yeah um, and it's i believe it's one per century or is it just it's they just, just replace, replace each other as they go i guess yeah, whenever someone dies out the next one takes the test yeah it gives me huge buffy vibes the way they say it um because when cordelia is talking about it a, her name is Cordelia. Come on. Yeah, I was going to say, first, Cordelia. Um, hold on. <coughs> oh, the one time I don't have a drink. Um, At least this Cordelia is nice. <laughs> I mean, she's not... I wouldn't call her nice. She cares, and she's not selfish. Yeah. But I wouldn't say she's nice. Cause she, She's very, like... 
Yeah. I guess that's strict. Fair. She's that's strict fair. and to the point. And she's not there to make yeah. friends with the girls. But um, she's not trying to murder them. So that's better. Uh, but she goes on to Supreme the Supreme, just like a slayer. Uh, she says, in every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the muggles. Basically, she's like non-magic people. Um, the hunters and the forces of darkness. She is the Supreme. Uh, that's how she describes it, essentially. Um, I changed it a little bit, but that's the exact same thing they say at the beginning of the Slayer. Um, I want you to know, Izzy, that that is your ringtone on my phone, the intro to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I, that thought, I thought you meant you just recorded in, in me say that. No, but like that, it, it's like your actual ringtone is that Buffy the Vampire Slayer intro. That's because I am <laughs> the Slayer in every generation. Yeah. yeah. I stand against those who don't like to the eat of darkness candy and the hunters of my cats and the forces of dog haters cool i like it yeah uh but it also gives x-men vibes right because you've got like we talked about rogue and there is some overlap between rogue and zoe's power um there's the school for exceptional children charles xavier school for exceptional children uh, so you know sounds familiar it does so uh montgomery what was her name again fuck all of a sudden i'm blanking madison montgomery that's her name <laughs> she decides it's always going to be her new best friend and her they uh they go to a local frat party together where zoe meets this frat boy named kyle of course his name is fucking kyle she's like oh my god i love your skirt and then she turns to her friends and she's like okay she's like, you can you can sit at this table that effing skirt is so ugly <laughs> that effing uh, is so, i hate it thanks it's so kyle is absolutely enamored by her at first sight and zoe and kyle find madison uh who has been roofied, being sexually assaulted, and videotaped by a handful of the frat brothers. It's a really hard scene uh, to watch. This whole first it is. episode is not easy it's, <laughs> on it's the eyes. It's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, it's pretty fucking rough. They go through a lot of uh, a lot of things that could be triggering and stuff it's, like that. It's dark. Mm -hmm. So Kyle, being a badass, I just think it's hilarious that his name is Kyle, though. Uh, he chases the boys into the party bus that they rode in, in on for some reason. Uh, with the intent of justice to Madison, and he tries to, uh, he basically tries to, to get them to delete the video and stuff. Um, Madison ends up sobering up super fucking fast, and, or she's just incredibly drunk and pissed, which is very possible, But too. if she's roofied, they roofied her, so. Oh, I guess that's fair. That's fair. She, Maybe her system, being a witch, just goes through it. Yeah, I'm sure she was, like, able to burn it off real quick. Uh, she ends up walking outside super pissed and flips the bus as it's driving away, which immediately kills seven of the boys and puts two in the ICU. She was like swish and motherfucking flick. And it yeah, went she... all over the when place. When God, you fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Not me, but you. Yeah. Uh, so the Supreme has decided to choose this moment to take an interest in the girls and their education with her. And uh, she basically is like, I don't give a fuck about you or your feelings and style. You're going to dress as black and you're going to follow me in my direction. And she was like, don't fuck with me. Don't talk back to me. I will slam you down. 
Yeah. I will. I'll throw you against a wall without you knowing, and it's fine. I will. Darth Vader, you're at. Also, swish and motherfucking flick all over your face into that wall. Exactly. So. Yep. So she ends up taking the girls on a field trip to a holy place called Pop's Fountain, which is found in the 1970s, or which was founded in the 1970s by Mary Onida Toops, I believe. I had to yeah. Google it because I could not understand what she was saying. Um, mm. So I couldn't find it. It took me a while. I thought she was saying Toos. She wasn't. She was saying Toops. So she led an alternative coven who publicly gathered in a special space, which had since been condemned following Hurricane Katrina, unfortunately. And that was the recounting. Sorry, hit my microphone again. There's like a cord that Tyler placed that I keep hitting. And it's like the only place to put the cord. But right, of know. course. But anyways, uh, but that's the story for the show. And in real life, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is nothing but truth, um, right. Mary Anita Toops was born 1928 and lived until 1981. She was an American occultist known as the Witch Queen of New Orleans. Toops was the founder and high priestess of the Religious Order of Witchcraft, which was the first coven to be chartered as an official religious organization in the state of Louisiana. So they did their homework for the show, which is the point I'm sharing this, which is awesome. We love it when they do that. In 1975, she published an instructional occultist book titled Magic with a K, High and Low, which was praised by many, including Israel Regardi, who I only include because he was a writer and magician who had served as Aleister Crowley's personal secretary, which if you heard the Hereditary episode, we talked about Aleister Crowley. I don't know if that's necessarily high praise after knowing how fucked up Aleister Crowley really was, (laughs) but either way, he read it and was like, good on you. He's got a little note on the inside of the cover that says, exceptional New York Times raves. But anyways, um, and let's see. Okay. According to an article on 64parishes.org, one of the only existing public chronicles of Toops is a chapter in Dr. John's somebody i didn't finish the sentence apparently 1994 memoir under a hoodoo moon the life of the night tripper what a title uh which pays more attention to toops husband which is a lower ninth ward native named albert boots toops boops i should just call them boops (laughs) Uh, boots was a freemason there's your questionable ideas already uh of high degree who dabbled according to the book in santeria and the new orleans spiritual churches which combined aspects of catholic saint worship christianity voodoo root work and herbal medicine uh the religious order of witchcraft the group that Maria Onetta Toops officially chartered was the state of Louisiana in 1972 was only really alternative in the sense that it dealt in a Western ceremonialistic magic, uh, not the African and Caribbean rooted practices like voodoo and hoodoo folk magic. So like Marie Laveau, but white people style. Mm-hmm. So not as cool. Uh, there are more commonly, okay. Anyways, uh, in addition to writing the book, she opened two witchcraft shops in the French Quarter, 
And on top of all that, ads in the newspaper indicate that very briefly, in the late 60s, she and Boots ran a bar at 1141 Decatur Street, which is really close to Bourbon Street. Um, it is now home to Cafe Angeli. The surprising thing is that there are no accounts of her practicing or believing in witchcraft prior to arriving in New Orleans. Uh, she arrived in her 40s. Uh, I think it's believed that because of the time being the 70s, hippies, occult practice, rising, and um, all that kind of stuff that was going on was big in New Orleans, and she took advantage of that and got really into it and started this whole thing. Uh, very little is known about how the high priestess really got her footing in witchcraft, like whether she made some of it up, um, where she learned it, was she learning it from a voodoo priestess and just combining stuff, did she just make shit up on her own, who knows. Uh, but no one really knows because unfortunately most of her paper records were destroyed by Hurricane Katrina, and one of the only things they salvaged was an oil painting of her as a high priestess. On the girls' ways to the fountain, Nan gets distracted by a tour that is being given to the supposedly haunted home of Madame Delphine. The rest of the girls and Fiona join the tour and learn about Madame Delphine's beauty regiments and see her Chamber of Horrors, where she tortured and murdered all of those slaves uh, and as many as slaves as she could. Yeah, uh, she had an endless supply. No one was questioning it. At least that is until Marie Laveau offers her a love potion to help her get the uh, attention of her husband back. Her husband was helping her, right? Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure he was the one that like that was like, this is the most beautiful thing you've ever done. Talking I, about the... Manager. I would think that he was too fucking terrified to cross her. Um, yeah, dude, watching her do all that shit, he's like, whoa. You would think that he would uh, not be such a dirtbag. Yeah. Not that she was, like, a great person, but... Yeah, right. I, I would imagine he would have been like, what do you need? Oh, you want a back rub? You want a foot rub? You want to stand on me like a stool? I will do anything. Just don't put me in there. Please, please don't hang me up in there. Uh, but Marie Laveau is one of the most famous people associated with New Orleans history. She was a practitioner of voodoo and other things, including Catholicism, which, uh-oh, those don't mix. Um... But we will do an in-depth coverage of her in a future episode when her storyline becomes more prevalent, along with mm. Madame Delphine Lalaurie. Because yes. they are both real people who lived in France and have a huge, huge history, backstory yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it is worth noting that Marie Laveau was uh, a free black woman who was the lover of the poor man uh, that Delphine had turned into a mentor. Yeah, so when he was like, I have a love somebody, he was talking about her. Don't yeah. cross her. No. Needless to say, the potion that she uh, gives Delphine was not a love potion, but instead a, uh, a poison that was meant to ruin her on behalf of uh, destroying Marie's love. The tour guide said that no one was able to find Delphine's body. Fiona spots Nan in the garden of the house, uh, which is just outside, and she's just sitting there. Uh... But she is hearing Delphine speak from beneath the cobbled ground where they sit. I guess she's just sitting there. And Fiona knows. She's like, what do you hear? She's like, I hear the lady of the house. Nope, mm -hmm. I'm out. I'll see you outside. <laughs> yeah. Bye. So 
So Fiona does not agree and ends up going back to the house at night and exhumes the body from, uh, well, she, she pulls out Delphine's body and, uh, well, go figure. Turns out, no. Should have left her. Shouldn't have done it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that it's not just a body. Uh, Delphine was actually fully alive, unrotten, and still kicking. She has been buried alive since, uh, well, she's been buried alive for 179 years, so... I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Yeah, I... Does she, she doesn't sleep either, right? Like, I, I can't remember. No. That's a thing. No, I don't think she needs to sleep. She just so. had to lay there for 179 years. How she didn't go crazy? Because, like, prisoners in solitary, right? They go... There's been experiments. Yeah. It's not a good thing. It doesn't take... They're not in there for 179 years. Ugh. Maybe it's just... Oh, wait. She's not a witch. Uh, I don't know. I don't she, fucking know. She's just a bitch. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, after the field trip, Zoe ends up visiting the hospital to see if Kyle was among the two frat boys who were in the ICU. Unfortunately not. He he was he he died. But she does find the lead rapist who was uh she promptly ends up taking care of using her powers. Literally. <laughs> it's another really dark thing to watch cuz it's Yeah, it's also sexual assault cuz he didn't consent to it. Mhm. But, but she yeah. literally fucks him to death. Again, not yeah. the explosive ending he was hoping for. No. Pretty pretty rough. So throughout the background of this episode, you learn about Misty Day, a young woman who is uh, who was burned alive in a small town just outside of New Orleans for being a suspected witch. Do me a uh, favor. Watch. Go to the next slide. I didn't put next slide in there. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, there I see. There's Misty Beautiful. Day. That is Misty Day. Uh, so she's burned alive because she... Uh, basically is seen resurrecting a dead bird. Uh, her power is uh, re- uh, resurgence, which is a necros- necromancy or kind of like resurrection power. Um, she was accused of witchcraft by some of the townies who saw her bring... It was a bird, I believe. Oh, cool. Um, but they bring... She brings a bird back to life. Uh, luckily... You know her powers; she can re- resurrect herself and wanders uh, wanders down to find the boarding school. So that's that's where you uh, that's where the the episode ends. Yeah, it's um, it's a frog. It's not a bird. Look at how tiny her hand is. Doesn't she yeah. have like a fucked up history with frogs? Anyways, I don't know. Fuck it. Um. Yeah. So, of the powers we see, which one would you want? Um, not, probably let's say not including Fiona's powers which you kind of glimpse right. at um, she can like suck the youth out of somebody and she's telekinetic and all that jazz but the youth she's, only lasts she's got like all, five seconds got, <laughs> yeah she's got all the main seven powers that a supreme has I would probably want to start out with uh, <clears throat> probably telekinesis or resurrection I guess so you want to be crew. Um, and a white lighter all at the same time. <laughs> you bet. Except I guess a white lighter can't bring someone back from that dead. I was going to say, yeah. The resurrection one, it's cool, but it's situational, right? Yeah. But. I definitely wouldn't want Zoe's power. That would suck. The resurrection one would be cool if you figured it out when you were younger didn't get burned at the stake and could like become a doctor so that you could be like 
bringing people back from the dead before anyone uh, declared them dead, right? Yeah. Because then you wouldn't get caught. You would just have a great record. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What do you think? What would be yours? The telekinetic... I I really like clairvoyancy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's like a whole lot of nastiness that comes with it. Like being able to hear ghosts and stuff isn't ideal. Um, But I love that she just like knows things. But I would hate being able to read other people and like hear other people's thoughts though. Because like I... I'm super self-conscious and so I'd want to know what they'd know like think about me and it would just be the worst thing in the world it would definitely be something where you'd have to learn really quickly and get really good at blocking stuff out yeah um but I think a Prue or Phoebe those are my two (laughs) Phoebe (laughs) pretty much so they don't they don't have Piper's powers or else I totally I mean like the power to freeze would be pretty fucking awesome or blow up it's cool that they like the way they built their powers up. They leveled up too, yeah, just in a different way. But yeah. yeah. So we have a Patreon. <laughs> yes, we have a Patreon. It is official. Um, it's super cool. You can join one of the tiers. Uh, we've named the tiers after the way you'd like to die in a horror movie. Um, depending on how much you want to donate is how you're going to die in a horror movie, I guess. It's kind of a shitty Isn't way for us great? to do it. I think it's hilarious. Um, I think the cheapest one's like a dollar, uh, but it's like you trip and fall on your own ex. So <laughs> that's, that's my. That's the way I'm going to go. <laughs> um, I feel that. No, uh, we'll have fun things on there. We're going to do concession. We're going to have a concession stand, which is drinks and snacks we recommend for each movie. We'll have the video recordings. Um, I've included slideshows just to keep it fun and interesting because I can't imagine you want to just stare at me the whole time or Katie's beautiful. You want to stare at her, but whatever. Izzy's more beautiful, but I just, I just have frogs and mushrooms on my microphone. Um, But yeah, we included some stuff like that in there. Uh, We'll do some fun giveaways through there. We'll do lots of fun content. We've started recording reviews, reactions to short horror films. Um, We did our first one. fucking ballerina. It's, it's. I think it's fun. It's funny. We're gonna. I told do, my, gonna I told do. my dad about the ballerina one, and he just starts laughing at me. I know. I told Tyler. He was like, "I've seen it." Um, we'll start doing trailers. Uh, all that kind of stuff's gonna be up there. Every episode we film, or every episode we do, we'll have a film version available. There will be ad free because we are gonna start doing some ads eventually. I don't know when. I'm figuring it out. Um, but yeah. That's our quick ad for this episode is our Patreon. So go find it. Here's the link. Yeah. And I will insert the link here. <laughs> Let's figure it out. You can always find the link in our show notes on our Instagram, which is... Horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. And you can find us on Facebook for the same thing. Um, you can always gmail us your recommendations your reviews your cat pictures which power you want all that jazz at uh horror cats witch hats at gmail.com it's all one word i get i keep getting distracted by this fucking gif of the mean girls but just with all the witches plastered on it it's (laughs) fucking oh it's so fucking funny there so um yeah, it's it's fun. Um, 
Make sure you follow us, rate, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And cool. And on that note. Meow.